Houston. Jordan. Oh, a spectacular move by Michael Jordan. Closing five to play in the third. Kobe. Crawford. Hogan. are now tuned into the chat room your favorite ballers favorite podcast all right welcome back to the chat room podcast i am the senator and with me today i got coach francis how you do y'all what's good got Dwayne in the building how y'all doing we got jermaine in the building what's popping what's popping and off of his birthday celebration we got mj in the building <laughs> what's going on people what's up <laughs> So on this episode right here, we are honored. We have a legend with us. And for some people, they might be like, a legend? Yes, a legend, like a sports legend right here. We watched him through great conversations with a lot of different athletes. And we are honored to have him on our podcast. So we got Cabby with us. Yes. On, here we go. What's going on? What's going on? Up for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Shout, out to, shout out to the great Noriega of the Champs, uh, Drink Champs podcast. Every, every 95 seconds. Yeah, you just got clapped. You just got clapped. Yes, exactly. Uh, thank you very much for having me, fellas, on the chat room. And I, as as uh, you're the senator, I am. Uh, I'm going to give myself I'm the legend of awkwardness. I'm giving myself my own title. Right. We're never supposed to do that. You can't give yourself your own nickname. Yeah, That's to yeah, be anointed. Yeah. But since I've been so awkward in my career, I believe legend of awkwardness is fitting. I've, I've, uh, if I have to say anything, I, I can, I, uh, I accept it. So right. from, from the senator to the legend of awkwardness, we got it right here. So it needs, it needed your stamp of approval. So I'm glad I got it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, everybody, bef before we jump into any topics, you know the first thing I always ask everyone is how you guys are feeling because we got to check in on our on our brothers. So how are you guys feeling? Sure. Feeling good, good feeling man. great. I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, good man. Man. I'm, I'm, I, I'm alive, you know, so that's the biggest takeaway from all this, man. I got life, so that's it. Man. I love it. Feeling good. We kind of adapted the situation. That's about it. Yeah, Feel, cool. Oh, you got a fresh lineup. <laughs> oh, that is. My lineup came correct. The razors. Oh, oh, no, you got that lineup like 13 minutes ago, didn't you? <laughs> That's why he's still brushing his hair yeah, with his yeah. hand? Still yes. doing this? <laughs> yeah. well, apologies oh, to people that are just hearing this and that aren't watching it. Yeah. yeah. My dude has the crispiest lineup. You know, I, and I need to get mine in check okay this is it if, if people are listening then this isn't going to make sense we'll just move on but you know salute salute to the barber my chief it's a it's a it's a fact i tell it people ask me why are why is every episode you're wearing a hat because my lineup isn't proper so you gotta cover that you gotta cover that up you know i, I should have so. followed that advice that's my bad oh man um so as for myself uh i consider Christmas uh, December my birthday month because my birthday's on Christmas so I am I'm just excited right now I've 2020 has been a year for everybody but we've all been able to stay strong throughout this we've launched the chat room podcast we've got to how many different episodes at this point right now and we just continue to get bigger and better so uh before I say anything thank all you guys for making sure you guys showed up every week and stuff like that so yeah oh man oh, yeah, respect oh, guys respect yeah all right, let's jump into the first topic then. It's going to be real simple. It's a this or that. You can either <laughs> choose this or you could choose that. So yeah, we're, go with that. we're going to start with the simple one to start. Tea or coffee? Come on, tea, man. Tea, come on. Tea. Tea. I don't, I, I don't do coffee. <laughs> okay, that's, that's pretty simple. If you that's asked me, coffee? if you asked me a year ago, it was coffee. I cut out coffee last year, so it's been tea oh, ever since then. So I've you. never had coffee before in my life. I've so never I had coffee known. in my life. Never in my life. I used to. I heard, I heard it tastes like Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> my old workplace, my old workplace was right beside a Starbucks and a Tim Hortons. So anytime there were meetings, oh, wow. it was you go there, you go there. So it was like two or three a day, and I was like, ah, uh, this is too much caffeine for me. No doubt. Too. No doubt. Um, reboot or gargoyles? Reboot. That's reboot. tough. 
Gargoyles was tough, yeah. I think I'm going with gargoyles. Yeah, I think so because I think I'm a little bit older. I don't think I'm a little bit older. I know I'm going gargoyles. I'm gonna go with gargoyles, but reboot and if you have to. Knowing these two, it's so hard to choose between the two because they're both classics. They're both, like, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, lasagna or macaroni pie? Oh man, lasagna, lasagna yeah. is undefeated. Yeah, lasagna but is undefeated. Yes, thank Who's you, MJ. That's a good question. Who's, Who's making, making it? it? Is a valid question, man. I, it's still going to be delicious, though, regardless. <laughs> I don't give a damn who's making it. Seriously, like, you could, stuff, though. you could buy the PC brand, and it's still, <laughs> I still rate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? right. Lasagna for sure, lasagna. Lasagna wins that one. Um, bad Boy or Rush Hour? Cool. No, 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 let, no, let Cabby, yeah, Cabby. What you yeah. Bad, bad Boys, Bad Boys. Right. Listen. Okay. Will and okay. Martin are iconic. Like they just, you know, like there, there, there are so many moments. I mean, it's the, it's the slow motion, low angle shot where the camera rotates Rotate. 360 <laughs> around Will and Martin as they stand into the yep. frame with the Miami in the background. <laughs> and it's yeah. obviously, you know, you know, it's, it's Martin, Martin spilling fries in the Porsche. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then with Tia, Tia Leone, it is, and it's, and it's, it's Mike Lowry. I got, I, I once, I once interviewed Kyle Lowry in 2014 or 15. This is before the season, and Kyle, uh, I got him to reenact that scene where Martin Lawrence is at the police station pretending mm-hmm. to be Mike Lowry, and it's the voice <laughs> affectation. I'm like, I'm Mike Lowry. I do a terrible <laughs> But I got Kyle Lowry to do that bit, and it was it was awesome. But then, like, and then when the one moment where Tia Leone comes to Will Smith's pad, but Martin Lawrence is pretending to be Mike Lowry, and she's like, oh, you got a lot of pictures of your partner on the wall. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, he, yeah. he saved my life. She's like, oh, I thought you guys were lovers. And then Martin's like, yeah. you feel the dance in the bed? I'm sorry I just monopolized the No, it's all good, no, man. Listen, yeah. just, <laughs> there's still time for everyone else to answer. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Bad it's, boys for me. Bad boys as well. Bad boys as well. Yeah, man. Shout out Michael Bay, man. We've been yeah. unanimous for all of them as bad boys. Pretty much we've been unanimous. I think there was just a yeah. one with Gargoyles. There's there's the one, but I might have to throw in a I might have to throw a random one in there just to just to break up the happiness. Um Lauren Hill or Erica Badu. Come on, man. Mm. <laughs> no, Lauren no, Hill. We gotta hear what Cabby has to say about <laughs> this one. He's thinking. <laughs> you know what? Lauren. Oh boy, this is okay. America Badu ruins, ruins people, man. Hold on, hold on. Oh my god. Hold on. Lauren had one iconic record, which is the miseducation of Lauren Hill, 1998. Yeah. One of the yep. greatest pieces of music ever. Like yep. obviously spit bars yep. and, and wrote and 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 like, but she actually did also. Uh, cheat a lot of her contributors on, and there was a lawsuit later. Okay, anyway, that yeah, side, yeah. <laughs> that record was incredible. But like, would we like would would three thousand have evolved had it not been for Erica Badu? Would we have gotten the love below oh, Andre three thousand and, yeah. and Andre Andre changing like exploring a totally different path artistically, and then we get. Kanye singing, we get Drake, Drake we get yeah. Kid Cudi, yep. we get Future, Young Thug, like all like, and Andre 3000 would never say this, but the fact that he went from one of the dopest MCs ever to then an album where he was singing in singing. 2004 yeah. and then gave like, and then gave the confidence and uh, the artistic license for Cudi and Kanye and Drake mm-hmm. to be to, to vacillate between spitting bars and singing like so that's from erica badu's influence and then we get that common like we get the the electric circus album from common where people are like uh but then we get the resurrection of common with b with the yeah. kanye oh, produced yeah. record which oh, was yeah. just incredible and Crazy. then the one after that um was it had the brown cover um and i oh, think was it had it, light what, on it uh was it 
Was it Go? Go was on that record. No, Go was Go on. Yeah, I think Go was on that record. And then he had the song with D'Angelo, So Far Gone, or not So Far Gone. No. Um, anyway. Was, I, was, that the, uh, was that the one where it was, where he had the solo video with um, Kerry Washington in it? Because that was the Ooh, album after. He had a video. He had a video with it. Uh, I can't remember the name of it now. That is it's a great bother, question. It's going to bother is, me. Yo, miss, this, this, the Senator, this is an outstanding question. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best one. Sorry, fellas. Please. Oh, mine, oh, mine was easy. Mine was easy. Those, those, guys, those, guys had, those guys had Lauren Hill. I easily say Erica Badu. No, I have Erica Badu. No, I, I, well. Erica I got yeah, Erica. And, I got Erica. And I will. And I'm I'll, always and a fan I'll, of her. And I'll put it like I'll put it like this too. So, Cappy, you gave a great explanation towards Lauren Hill's resume and stuff, and Erica Badu's resume, right? One of my, the two of my favorite albums of all time is Miseducation of Lauren Hill and Baduism. Yeah. And I think, Baduism, and yeah. I think, Baduism is a classic that doesn't get spoken on the way how it mm-hmm. should be spoken on. Like mm-hmm. there yeah. were so many iconic songs off of there. And then to follow that up, she had Bag Lady come out. She had her features. Yeah, yeah. She had she had all this. Uh, it's Badu for me. Yeah. yeah. You know I, what? You, they, can't, you can't go wrong in any, with both of them. You can't go wrong. They're legends. They're both legends. Yeah. One will show up on time though. That's true. You know, we never got a classic record from either one in like the 2000s or the teens. Like we never, I don't, I don't think we got a, I shouldn't say, I don't think we got a, a, an album that was received as critically as Baduism and the miseducation of Lauryn Hill since those records. And they're obviously very talented women, great songwriters can produce the hell out of a song, but it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mystery why, why that magic, like we didn't, the, I don't know, the, 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 the confluence of either producers or moments in their lives or just the space to be able to write another album like that. Because remember, those are basic, those are their first albums. So they had their whole yeah. life experience yeah. to bring mm-hmm. into those okay. recording sessions. And then after those records, mm-hmm. their lives changed. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Erica Badu had a child with Andre 3000. Lauren Hill had, uh, she was married and had a few uh, kids with, um, I can't remember which one of the, Mar- was it Stephen Marley? It was Stephen Marley, yeah. Stephen Steven. Marley. Yeah. So, you know, it's one, one of, uh, uh, I don't know if they have any regrets, but as the audience, I, I wish that we had another yeah. seminal album. I think there was yeah. more, I think there was a lot of pressure on Lauren Hill over Erica Badu Big when time. it came to putting out an album. So now that the allure, her, her allure will always be the fact that she has this one magical album and that she's been able to profit so much off of it. Like she did the uh, un, the uncut version where there was like uh, no, you know, like the Acapella version, the acoustic album, yeah, the two version of it, two disc album, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of that's kind of what it is because I think she knew the pressure was way too much coming from the Fugees and then putting out that album and being highly, highly anticipated for a follow up one. That if you don't deliver to that level, that your aura and your image will go down from that point because that's what they're looking at, right? It's so many legends are like that. Like Jay-Z had Reasonable Doubt, but Reasonable Doubt didn't even go platinum until after um, volume two went, right? Like it took a while for people to go back to it. But I think the pressure might have been too much at that point. It was a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, imagine being, I mean, she was like a mother of three by the time she was 25. Wow. That is a mm-hmm. massive burden. I'm sure women have done that since the beginning of time. But then on top of that, having this huge career, the miseducation of Lauren Hill, I believe, won five Grammys. Yeah. Like she was the artist that year. And then like hip hop and R&B, like, okay, here you go. You're like, you're the new Mary J. Blige meets, or you're kind of your own person because there's nobody who's like you. And then here, please, you know, you're, it's like the Neo Soul movement has Jill Scott, Erica Badu, Music Soul Child, India Ari, but like you're going to be the face of this. So here you go. Good luck. You know what I mean? And just didn't work out that way. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. I got one more. Uh, coming to America or life? Oh, here we go. Coming to here we America. Go. 
I mean, they got I'm a sequel coming America. out. So I got to go coming America. America. Easy. Easy, 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 easy. Life is a great movie, though. It I'm is. People sleep in that movie. Nah. They like, do? Coming to America, yeah. coming to America is a good movie, though. I think, Wait, does does life think, hold up, though? Like, haven't you guys seen it in the last two years? No, I have. I, yeah, I have. I watched it, I watched it this I mean, year. It was I've, seen it on B, I've seen it on BET. I mean, it replaced me. I mean, I mean, <laughs> coming to America was better, but I think, like, would we say that life kind of... Um, was a was the jumping point for for more actors? Like there there are more cameos in that one. Mm, I don't know mm. who was in life. Was Bernie um, Mac in life? I think Sticky Fingers was in that. Bernie Mac. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the the um Eddie and Martin. Yeah. There were some other guys in there too. Yeah. Can't remember a lot of the names, but there were some guys sprinkled. Um. What's what's that guy's name? Um. Guy Tory, I think, was in it. Oh, yeah, right. Tory was right. In it. Like, there was a lot of yeah. There was a lot of guys in there. There was a lot of guys. It doesn't matter. Coming to America was a better movie. Yeah, Coming to America is iconic. I mean, mean, in terms of movies. But yeah, but but, but the question of the launching pad, I would say, yeah, life had a a career launching pad. I don't think it was uh, real. I don't consider that like their launching pad. I think it was a deaf comedy jam because that's where they all, that's where they all, where they all, that's where they got their name. We're talking about in the movie industry. And then they got added into it. But it was they were still doing guest appearances in all these shows before there and then there was a collective in there right like guest yeah. appearances here and yeah. there uh they more made their name off of deaf comedy jam oh most definitely yeah so uh we agreed on too many things yeah and i i don't like that so here <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna throw one more in and then coach is gonna take over so versus has teased this so i'm gonna ask you guys from now oh, outcast or Della soul Man, I can't pick. Mm. Outcast. 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 I think I'm going outcast, though. Outcast, man. I mean, Andre 3000 (laughs) is a top five MC ever. I agree. And like, and and Big Boy is no slouch. Like, Big Boy is probably a better MC than the three dudes in, in, and no disrespect intended, but... Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, De La Soul. It was, it was iconic for that era. Jungle Brothers, Tribe Called mm-hmm. Quest. It defined a sound <laughs> from like '88 to like '93. But then Outkast, like it, like ushered in a whole terror, like a whole economy of the United States. Like yeah. without Outkast, you don't get Ti. You don't get Luda. You don't get even your your Miami dudes like yeah. Trish and. They really uh, started that South movement. Three yeah. Six Mafia. You don't yeah. get Juicy J. You definitely don't get Future. You're... Yeah, I think yeah. I think Outcast has it's like so many more bang. Like think of the oh, bangers. Yeah. yeah, it'll be lopsided if they if they went up. I don't think so because I well, you guys are making me the person that just go against everything people say. But <laughs> I don't go. I don't think so because of one simple fact. In verses, we've learned that it's not all about your own records. It's also about records that you've produced. It's about it's about records that you've done features on. You've done uh, even ones where people took samples from. Because if you look at the John Legend Alicia Keys one, he played the Lauryn Hill track, and he said all he did was play the piano, and that was and that was a Lauryn Hill track that he played. Right. So if you're Mm. looking at contributions that you can add into it, you can really give. If you're going track for track and stuff like that, Della Soul really could win that. Nah, with win. That, with that. With that. Because if you like take, I'm saying samples. I'm saying if you take their samples, you take productions, you take their own tracks, all that, all that factors, because they, their people are still using samples from their records today. So you can, you can look at certain hits, like people look at even drum patterns, similar drum patterns that they kind of alter right like versus have reached a point now where it's not only about your own records it's about anything that you contributed to but you okay but yeah. think about okay so i think the audience when they react to certain bangers like there were there were songs like that would not literally but figurative figuratively yeah. tear the club up and oh, definitely. Yeah, there isn't a other than like the um, scenario remix. 
I can't think of another. And that De La, I think De La, one of the guys appeared on the scenario remix, I think. Um, I mean, obviously Busta closes it, yeah. but like you have bombs over Baghdad, you have Miss Jackson, you Ms. have Jackson, Rosa international Parks. Rosa Parks, you have uh international uh, uh what's the one um international player anthem international player yeah. anthem like when that beat drops like that is like you know <laughs> cats are hitting the walls when, when yeah, i used yeah, to yeah. i don't know if you guys you guys are a lot younger than me and, and you guys live in a lot of you guys live in it, it, out west in canada but there was an era in toronto history where when vince carter had a nightclub called inside and so you'd have to go upstairs in this club and you know, Vince, because he was so famous in the NBA, whenever the visiting basketball team, so there was, it was those Sunday afternoon games in Toronto, they always won because man's were at the club <laughs> on Saturday night. <laughs> Toronto is world, like, it's renowned for its female population. And sure. there yeah, were times yeah. where like, uh, the, the, there was a, uh, the DJ's name was Junior Flo, and he would have he would have the residency on Saturdays. My guy would play like attention, <laughs> <laughs> and Vince is from Daytona Beach, so he loved all that southern music. And in the club, the the ventilation like uh, ducks were like exposed. So you could be banging <laughs> on the air conditioning <laughs> in the club, oh, yeah, yeah. creating more chaos oh, and more man. of a vibe, like. So, so I can, I can, I remember some, and there was a, a moment where I worked on this magazine show called NBA XL and we brought, so Andre three, we had a, we had a, 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 a licensing deal with universal. So when outcast was in town, like we brought Vince Carter and Andre 3000 together and we did an interview. I need to find, it's on a tape. I got to put that on YouTube, but they interviewed <laughs> Yeah, each put, other. That yes. do. <laughs> put that out. Put that out. And it was, it was cool, but like there was so much mutual respect and admiration between the two. But the fact that Andre 3000 was at Vince Carter's club and they, and they used to play so many outcast records so I'm I'm answering emotionally and, yeah. and obviously not objectively. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Outcast over De La Soul in the verses. If this, I don't think Andre would ever. I think Big Boy would agree to it, but I don't think Andre would agree to it. Yeah. No, Andre's playing the flute somewhere. Um, <laughs> in an uh, airport. In an, exactly. <laughs> in Hollywood. Coach, you're up. All right, man. So yeah, like we kind of already went over introduction and stuff, but like if you're from Canada. Or you have any love for game of basketball? I mean, like you've definitely heard of Cabby. You definitely watched Cabby on the street. You definitely kind of tuned all those inter- interviews for sure. Um, but yeah, like for those of you, for those of them, audience or fans, whatever, who haven't kind of followed your path or kind of grew up watching you, kind of take us through your journey. Like, how have you been able to kind of get through, you know, all that Cabby on the street, all that to, to kind of get to where you are right now? Well, uh, thanks for asking. I. Um... Oh, by the way, uh, it was Jermaine with the fresh lineup. But in case people <laughs> didn't say who it was, so if anyone's just listening to this, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, uh, I grew up in Toronto, and then when I was at Ryerson taking radio and TV, there was a there was a guy that was one year. I was in my second year. There was a guy who was one year older than us, and he worked at what was then called Headline Sports, which then became the Score. And he's like, guys, they need interns at Headline Sports. And it was myself and my friend Adnan Verk who had a 10-year run at ESPN. Um, give me your resumes. I was like, we're cool. So the next day, give her resumes. Then, you know, a week later, we're interns and we're writing scripts, <clears throat> excuse me, for the host. And at that time, it was, Mar- it was Greg Sansoni and a guy named Mark Hebsher. And so we used to write, so as they're narrating highlights on, on the, the nightly highlight show, so for instance, um, you know, the, the December, the, the Christmas day schedule came out. So we might have uh, the five o'clock is uh, Lakers maps. So we were, you know, Lakers versus Mavs first quarter, Luka Doncic with a 35 uh, foot three pointer. It is um, 28, 13 Mavs after one. So we, you know, we write those highlights and mm-hmm. they would read them and they would add their own flavor. So after like three years of writing scripts, uh, there were a couple of hosts, uh, a woman named Lisa Bose and a guy named Steve Coolius were like, hey, we're going to change our weekend highlight show. We want to get you involved. What do you think about doing a man on the street segment? And I was like, oh, I don't know. At the time, I was like 
trying to be an actor. So I would like audition for, and, and I would probably get a commercial once every six months, which was like a big deal. So I'd get like a Tim Hortons commercial where I'd be like eating a sandwich and I might have one line like, this is really good. And then like, <laughs> something stupid like that. But those, those Tim Hortons commercials would like pay my rent for like three months and I could get a new, I, would, I remember buying a, a MacBook on one of those and I did a Chrysler commercial once and I bought a, I think I bought PlayStation 2. These are like seminal big memories for me okay. because mm-hmm. when you're 23 years old and you're a broke student, you got, you know, I, I'm from Ontario, so we'd have like, we call it OSAP was our, our student loans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have like 16 Gs in student loans you got to pay. Like when you get that <laughs> check for, you know, a commercial I might make yeah. like 2,500 and be like, I'm rich. You know, I, you know, so like, no, we're getting so many PC lasagnas. We're going to go to the Red Lobster. We don't even have to go in and cut a coupon. And this is a different era. But anyway, um, so I, start, I started this man on the street segment where I would just go out and I would ask random people sports questions. And subconsciously, I took my cues from somebody mentioned BET earlier from a segment called Hits from the Street. And it was oh, yeah. a guy named oh, Al Hitz. Yeah, yeah, we remember that, Legends. Hits. Yeah. We remember that, yeah, Hits. And, and he had a character named Hits, and he would go to a lot of HC, uh, HBCUs and the streets of New York, and he would interview people, and he would make fun of them. And I was like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to use that <laughs> device, because he's a lot funnier than me, but I, I would try to make fun of myself just to make the person I'm interviewing more comfortable. Yeah. And that continued on when I started interviewing athletes Cause I'm just, I was, you know, I've been fat my whole life. I'm just, I have this big stupid face. I'm annoying. It's just like easy for, I'm just an easy target. And certainly with my interviews with Kobe, I would would just make it easier for him to to make fun of me. Like me asking to stay at his house or like giving him gifts that he would always reject. Like I would get, I I once. Those those were funny as hell. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I asked him to to go over to MJ's house and he was like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. Those were so funny, man. Thank you. And just like some of the ideas, and and I have to give props to my my producer, uh, Dave Crickst, who came up with a, a few of those genius ideas like, what if we just did a limo ride with Kobe Bryant? Just you and Kobe in a limo. And we're like, all right. So we rented a limo in LA, drove up to the practice facility. And they never asked, like the very first time I interviewed Kobe in LA, they're like, hey, you got to send the questions. So we just sent generic questions like, what is your training like? Um, you know, how is it competing on back-to-backs? Like just generic stuff that I didn't end up using in the interview at all. We just had to get the okay. Yeah. And then yeah. when you go there, when you sit down, then you just throw away the, the questions and you just go yeah. and you're actually preparing. <laughs> so Kobe never, so once that one went well, then they're like, okay, you don't have to send questions anymore. So then we surprised him with a, a limo. He walked out, he's like, what's this limo doing here? I'm like, yeah, we're going to go for, we're going to go for a little road trip. <laughs> Where? I'm like, oh, just, just around through the street. And then during the interview, I didn't use this part. I was like, Kobe, can we actually go to your house? He's like, you can't go to my fucking house. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just, right, just do a couple of blocks and then we'll, and then we'll talk about it. So, uh, yeah, that moment about uh, uh, asking about Michael, I was like, oh, maybe it's an idea, like, maybe you and I. And then he, he's like, mm-hmm. So I think he knew where it's going. <laughs> I, I was so blessed that Kobe understood the bit. He's like, okay, you're harmless. We're not asking about any, you're not asking about anything controversial. You're playing a character, you're playing a goofball so I can have fun with you. And at that time, Kobe wasn't really having fun with like reporters. That wasn't his thing. He was always, Kobe's always like the alpha. And like when, you know, like when Kobe's around, like the energy changes. And like, he's one of those guys like, Michael Jordan, and I once, I met uh, David Beckham, um, even Will Smith, and, and like The Rock, like they change the energy in the room. It's like, like meeting Michael a couple of times, I'm like, and because I revere Michael Jordan, it's like, Michael's here. It's like, and you, we call, we call him Michael. Like it's, we call <laughs> yeah, yeah. MJ, we call Michael Jackson. I think sometimes people call him Michael or like in the public, it was like MJ, and obviously Jordan, we also call MJ, but I just, 
I just call him Michael. Like it's like he has that. Like nobody calls him Mike. I mean, even when we saw we watched The Last Dance, that brilliant documentary in the summertime. Like he went from Mike Jordan to Michael Jordan. So, yeah, yeah. and he he earned our respect in that regard. Um, but in, so another and another quick story. In uh, once Jordan purchased the Charlotte Bobcats and then became a Charlotte Hornets. I once sent an email to the director of public relations. Her name is Allison Bogley. I sent it to the Lakers. I'm like, Allison, um, when you guys do your East Coast road swing, I noticed there's a day where you get into Charlotte from Philadelphia. Uh, do you think we could do a segment where uh, I take Michael and Kobe out for dinner? And her response in capital letters, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not period sent like it took her about seven seconds to respond to that request so obviously it never happened and i'd have to respect uh obviously respect their privacy there, you know another time i pitched an idea for drake and kobe to have dinner and and me be like the host of the dinner wow. and kobe was like i i wouldn't i wouldn't do that one because I wouldn't want what we were talking about to be recorded. I, I wouldn't want yeah. that to be mm, recorded because yeah. they would have like an actual conversation mm-hmm, being yeah. absolute G's. And I'm not sure, I never asked Drake if he actually got to have dinner with, with Kobe, but, and, cause, and also Drake was like, he's so tight with, with Braun. So mm. I don't know if they're, it's like a weird thing in the NBA. So here's the <laughs> thing I learned. <laughs> so Braun and Kobe weren't friends. And they never hung out socially. Even in uh, 2008, the Olympics were in Beijing. Like Kobe was such an alpha of the alphas. My guy was waking up at 4 p.m. to work out. And then then at 8 p.m. when guys were having breakfast, Kobe's having breakfast and then was going to train later with Team USA. I read a story um, Kobe's uh, uh, trainer was Michael's trainer, Tim Grover from Stack Athletics. I'm in Las Vegas and their training camp was in Las Vegas. And Kobe asked, Kobe's like, he said that to, to Tim Grover, he's like, I want to, I want to get cycling. I want to uh, incorporate cycling into my training because I want to work on my endurance. So this guy had to call Nike. Nike had to ship in like toward, like, it wasn't just like leisurely strolls, yeah. like, Tour de France bicycles from friggin' Eugene, oh. Oregon. Oh. So that, and it wasn't just Tim Grover and Kobe. There's a security detail. There's like oh. other people on the training staff. So you have to get like eight bicycles. So that, and Kobe, another thing is because he wanted to get his body acclimated to a certain time, he's like, I wanna, I wanna be at my peak during the sunrise. So imagine having to get up at 3.45 a.m. to catch the sunrise at five, and you're pedaling through the mountains of Nevada for an hour and a half because this dude is maniacal about the way that he trains wow. because his level of commitment was so elite, which then led to his performance being so elite that like he would just stunt on all the other 14 guys in Team USA by already working out and then killing them in practice. And then, you know, having either like a masseuse or just sitting in the cold tub for 20 minutes because he's a G and he can take that kind of punishment (laughs) uh, and then rinse and repeat. So anyway, so Kobe and Braun, high amount of respect for each other, but they had to fill the void for Michael. Like after Michael left, it was like Kobe AI and then Kobe ascended and then Braun came in, Braun wins a couple, he goes to the finals of 23, gets swept by the Spurs, but he has arrived and he brought like, he brought us to the finals. Like that's how good his team was. You know, the the five of us and like, (laughs) I don't know, Eric Snow or Zajuna Sologowski. I don't even remember what it was on the 2000. (laughs) <laughs> Excellent recall. I don't know about y'all, but I would have been on the Spurs. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying you guys know, like, no, but. So, so then, and then, like, and then Brown wins four MVPs in five years. Other than that, Derek Rose year, like, Brown could have won five straight MVPs. But uh, so, anyway, they were like, you know, they're the two biggest personalities in the league. And so they had, again, mutual respect, but they weren't friends and they never, 
spend time together, and obviously Braun going to the Lakers. Kobe stands, there are no greater stands than Kobe stands, period, the end. Like, in any sport. We got, one, that, we got a LeBron stand, and we got a, we got a Kobe stand right here. In this chat? In this right chat now. right now. Yep. And you know what? Like... <sighs> yeah it's like kobe stands are ferocious so ron always has to acquiesce and pay pay respect to to bean i mean obviously since his passing it's a different thing but even when he got to la he had to show a a huge amount of respect to kobe because kobe is the face of the la i mean it was magic but i think it's been amplified by Kobe winning five championships. So oh, yeah. cool. it's um, anyway, I don't even know what the original, this is the original question was how to get started. It's, it's all <laughs> and then I just went on a 45 minute tangent. No, we appreciate that. That was good stories. We appreciate that. We really appreciate that. I think, I think you prefer that to us being like, hey, hey, get back to the original question. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and me being a Kobe fan, I'm just going like this. <laughs> I was like that too, bro. Like interviewing the guy in real life, there were moments where I'm like, I hope he get, I hope he plays around with this one, or like I hope he, like I always wanted to make him laugh. That was that was the goal of all of my interviews, and even though a lot of them sucked and they were they weren't memorable, I always wanted to make the athlete laugh or make a situation so uncomfortable that the audience at home is like, oh, it's like, this is so cringe, but I have to keep watching because yeah. I have to see if this guy's going to get punched in the face. <laughs> because when I'm like, either when I have like, and there was one time where Boogie Cousins, uh, 28, uh, 2016 NBA All-Star Weekend in Toronto, it's nine o'clock in the morning, guys are sleepy eyed, they're at their pods in this, you know, in this huge ballroom and, you get 45 minutes to interview as many NBA All-Stars as you can. And Boogie Cousins, Sacramento, he's an All-Star. And I was the first one there before, like, 20 <laughs> reporters are just, um, so, you know, surrounding an athlete's pot. He's sitting in the chair, and then, boom, I'm right here, like, hey, Boogie, have you ever been And he's like, bro, why are you talking so close to me? And you only get, like – 45 seconds to a minute to ask your questions yeah. before someone else just jumps in. I'm like, oh, I just want yeah, to feel yeah. I just want you to feel my energy. I just want to make sure you know how excited <laughs> I am to talk to you. Because yeah, but I can I can I can hear you from over there. <laughs> and uh, and then but I was like, oh, right here, like yo, uh, what's it like to be referencing a song? Have you ever been referencing a hip-hop song? And then he's like, uh, and he was just so weirded out by it. <laughs> but like Boogie Cousins has an RBF arresting bitch face. Um, if, the, if the scale is zero to ten, my guy's RBF is forty-five. Like, oh, my guy's just, oh, he always just looks so angry. Like just that stank face. Just, and also being nine a.m. in the morning and have some having yeah. some fat reporter breathing hot breath on your cheek is just not a way you want to spend the first part of your day. So yeah. I don't really blame him. But I thought in that moment I was like, is this guy gonna like? make this super, like, is this guy going to strike me? Is this going to chop me in the throat like Denzel Washington in friggin' Training Day or one of those? Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, I, uh, so yeah, Cobe. So yeah, a lot of times I was also just looking at him like this wide-eyed and just hopefully some stupid question I asked him, asked him would crack him so that he could smile or we could hear his natural laugh yeah. and then uh, we could keep him moving. So it was it was an absolute honor and a privilege to, to interview him and I miss him every day. Yeah. Before before we jump to the next question, I just want to make sure that Boogie doesn't get on our bad side. So we want to congratulate him for his for getting back in the for getting his new contract. Uh, he looked like he lost a lot of weight too. So we're waiting to see what he brings to this league this year. Uh, you're welcome on the chat room podcast whenever you want, Boogie cousin. Don't worry. Uh, Jermaine, how you doing, Captain? What's going on? I'm wonderful. I'm enjoying this conversation with you fellas. That's what's up, man. Um, I got two questions for you. So uh, you clearly worked around and uh, with uh, some of the greatest athletes and um, entertainers around the world. So uh, my two questions for you is uh, uh, what has been your favorite interview and what has been your most nerve wracking interview? Uh, thank you. Um, <clears throat> hmm. 
it changes when I, when I get asked this question. So I'm going to change it. I'm going to give you one favorite from each sport. So in baseball, I loved interviewing Jose Bautista, Vernon Wells, and David Ortiz. But my favorite interview is I did this, I actually did this bit twice. And once in 2009, because I could really get away with it. And then once in 2016, and it was about baseball gloves. And I was asking players with the obvious sexual innuendo, like what's, how does your side glove become your main glove? Like how did your side piece become your main piece? So that I, I started saying, like comparing the main glove, like, oh, your main glove's like your wife. And like your side glove is like your girlfriend, right? And then like they would catch on to it. And then like, so how does the side side glove become the main glove? So, and, and so the first time was with the uh, LA Dodgers. So it was Matt Kemp, Russell Martin, David Ortiz, a uh, guy for the Orioles named Brian Roberts, and maybe just those four. And then with the Blue Jays, I was in 2016 or 17. So it was um, Josh Donaldson, Jose Bautista, Aaron Sanchez, Darwin Barney, and um, oh my, and Troy Tulowitzki. And, Too low. And the second time with the Jays, I think was, I don't know if it was funnier, but it was funny because Aaron Sanchez didn't get the innuendo. So he was like, yeah, Donaldson and, and Stroman are just replacing, they replace their gloves every two weeks. These guys are good lives. Like, oh, these guys are no. enjoying themselves. Uh, okay, so that's baseball. And then uh, basketball, it's, you know, um, anything with Kobe. So whether it was bringing pajamas, I mean, they all kind of meshed together. I brought a pajamas once. Um, and you know, the limo ride was, I mean, I, I, you know, the, the, the interview that gets referenced the most often to me is the time we flew in his helicopter. That was, that was tremendous. Um, and then, uh, but I also, I loved interviewing Steve Nash and one time I spit gum into his lap and it landed right on his manhood. Oh, no, man. Then there's that moment like, oh, shoot, I just spit gum into his. And that's like, how am I going to get the gum yeah, out I'm of his lap? Because he's not going to, like, it just came out of my mouth. He's not going to go. Yeah. But then I have to reach into his lap. <laughs> I'm wearing this big, oh, stupid, no. this big, stupid cowboy hat. So I'm trying to hit the gum off his lap. And every time I'm missing, I'm hitting the dude's manhood. And, it's even, and then so the, 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 the flush of embarrassment is creeping up my face like, a, like the movie Venom, when Venom is changing into the alien. It's just getting hotter and hotter. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was the most embarrassed I've ever been. Anyway, after like seven swipes, I got it and it just flew into another part of the room. And I just left the locker room. I'm like, I need to get out of here. I'm just so embarrassed. Uh, okay, oh, hockey. Uh, hockey, um, I loved interviewing. I guess the most memorable is the first time I drank out of the Stanley Cup. Mm, that's the most, so, so that was 2008 with, with the Detroit Red Wings, but the most memorable is when I got to eat cereal out of the, two, uh, the uh, Stanley Cup with my very good friend, Mike Richards, and I, I snuck in Captain Crunch to their after party, and it was just this bar, so we went and grabbed some milk, Oh my and it was God. like milk and cream. <laughs> it kind of ran out. And then I had like a Ziploc bag of Captain Crunch and we ate Captain Crunch. I did not, I did not earn that privilege to do that to like the most famous trophy in our country's history, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. And then two years later, when the Kings won the Stanley Cup, I got to spend the day with him. Like at his, I went to, flew to his house. And then we woke up that morning. We ate Lucky Charms out of the Stanley Cup. Wow! So uh, that was that was amazing. Okay, and then uh, football. Football is um, I I uh, it, it's an interview with Aaron Rodgers, and in the bit, um, yeah, Jeopardy. We, it was a uh, two thousand and seventeen or eighteen. Seventeen or eighteen, we traded Aaron Rodgers to Canada. And then we did like this fake like sports center hit. So Canada traded for Aaron Rodgers and we traded away Michael Buble, Jonathan Taves, Sean Mendes, wow. and a comedian to be named later. And Rodgers is such a G. Like he, when Americans reference like two or th like one or two Canadian things, 
it just makes you feel so warm. Like you said, Tim Hortons, like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> or like in, in the last like four or five years, a lot of dudes would reference like, yo, Six God or like the Six when the Six was like a popular yeah. Yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, yeah, 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 like Jersey. Uh, so that was always cool. So yeah, those are, those are my favorite interviews uh, in the four, four major, major sports. That's dope, oh, sorry. And the last one, like the, most, the most nervous, oh, nerve-wracking. Nerve-wracking. Um, I uh, I think it was um, um, there was a time where I interviewed Kobe and LeBron together, and Ooh. they'd only done one other interview together, and that was for ABC. They played on Christmas, and you know they never did interviews together. Even like it was only one time on the Christmas game, so they were both. Uh, one of their partners, like corporate partners, were, was Coca-Cola. So Kobe had a deal with um, uh, vitamin water, and then Bron had a deal with Sprite, but both under the Coca-Cola umbrella. So at the 2013 All-Star Game in Houston, we did this bit where we had Kobe writing captions on photos of LeBron and Bron writing captions on photos of Kobe. Like there's, I wanted them to write like full sentences. Like you do, you know, you do like the dialogue bubble and like, Hey, what is this person thinking? And they, but they just ended up like writing a word. I mean, it was, and it took like 30 different ideas for, for Coke and LeBron's camp and Kobe's camp to agree to that idea. And they were adamant about, not having those two compete against each other. So we had this one <laughs> sick, my man D had this idea about let's customize like a Coke machine, vending machine with like a screen and there could be like a soccer game on the screen and they'd be both like playing, like somehow having like a controller or having the touch screen on the Coke machine, like playing against each other. But they're like, no, nah, we can't have somebody winning and somebody losing because it's just how it's like, so. Yeah. Anyway, that yeah, I think yeah. I was the most nervous for that because one thing in when you're when you're interviewing either uh, entertainers or athletes, the window of it's like so small. Like when you go to a practice, the media availability is like thirty minutes, but that's for everybody. And then you know the yeah, local yeah. beat writers or whoever they have to get their questions in too because they have like deadlines to hit. And my stuff was always what we call evergreen, so you can air it at any time. It wasn't yeah. time specific, like, oh, what are your thoughts on the next game? Or you're coming off a concussion. So like time sensitive things, I, I never wanted to ask about just because I wanted to be able to air these pieces whenever. So um, uh, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get like five minutes and, and uh, there are two times where it actually like messed me up. So one time when I interviewed David Beckham, TSN was a corporate, uh, was a broadcast partner with MLS and MLS was announcing a new team in Miami, which David Beckham was part of the ownership group. And because we were a partner, they're like, okay, you guys get 10 minutes. But right before I was to interview David Beckham, the PR guy from New York is like, all right, you got five minutes. Okay, Cabby. And it was his last interview of the day. And Beckham had like done, I don't know, like 20 interviews because everybody wanted to talk to him. Even though there were like several people on the stage, people only wanted to hear from David Beckham. So I was like, yeah, okay, no problem. Sure. So I'm immediately <laughs> editing out questions as I'm speaking with him and I'm trying to listen, but then I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I got to delete this one while I'm like smiling and like actively listening. But then in the other part of my brain is like, okay, cut that out, move this question here because you're running and that's a funnier question. And then I was so like it, it and another time with um, Mookie Betts, his last year with the Red Sox, the PR guy, like in the emails, is like hard five minutes, like do not go over five minutes. So when I finally got like, I was on the field and he came off the field after batting practice. It's like, Hey Mookie, do you want to, do you have a couple of minutes? He's like, uh, yeah, I got a couple of minutes. I was like, Fuck. he said, a couple of minutes. Oh man. And it's just like my heart would sink. Cause I, I'm like, okay, I have five minutes of questions planned. So that's like seven questions. But then he's like, oh, yeah, I got a couple of minutes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't, like, three? So it was always a, a balancing act, like, trying to push the limits of, like, how much time you could try to get versus how much time you were um, you were promised or allotted. Allotted, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah, I mean, I would go in prepared with some questions so I don't waste the person's time. Um, yeah, yeah. But also, it was always under the clock. Like, always. Yeah. It's always game time. 
when you're interviewing these guys. You gotta make the most of it. Right, right. All right, Dwayne. All right, what's going on, Cabby? It's Dwayne. Thank you, Dwayne. Nice to meet. Nice to meet you. You too, man. All right, I'm being highly successful and working with guys at the pinnacle of their of their professional sports. You've been around for a while in this game. Thank you. What would you say is the most difficult and the most rewarding part of of conducting engaging interviews? Thank you, man. Um, the most difficult thing uh, was um, coming up with new ideas, and I like to involve props in my my um, bits. So. Um, it was like customizing props or like thinking of an angle for a specific athlete. So it's like the three questions I always ask myself were like, what would the athlete be willing to do? What can I get away with? And what haven't they done before? And um, in, you know, whatever order. So that was always like, Dave and I would have a brainstorm on the phone where we would just say either terms to each other, we'd bounce ideas and we could come up with an idea. But it was always nerve wracking coming up with like the next Kobe thing or the next Aaron Rodgers bit or the next, you know, um, bit with like the Toronto Maple Leafs or one of the most stressful I ever had was interviewing Usain Bolt. And Puma flew us to Jamaica in 2016 in March and obviously he was going to compete in uh, the 16 games were uh, in Rio. And um, I was like, what the hell am I going to do with you say bolt? Like this guy's been asked so many questions and I'm like, I need to race this guy, but obviously we're not going to race on foot. Yeah. So I found these super Mario brother RC car toys at Toys R Us. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I, I'm sorry. I decided I'm like, okay, I'm going to race him with RC cars because that's fun. And then when I went to Toys R Us, I'm like, I got to find like robots or whatever. And then I saw the Super Mario Kart, sorry, Super Mario Kart characters. I'm like, these are universal. Everybody loves this video game. Uh, he chose Yoshi. I went with Mario and then he won the race. And then he gave me like, at the end. It, was, it was amazing. Um, so, and then the most rewarding part is in the middle of the interview, like when the, when the athlete buys in, when they're like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. I'm going to lower my guard and play around. So um, this one time I interviewed Will Ferrell and I brought, I brought in these stethoscopes. And I'm like, I'm trying to find some direction in my career. And, uh, you know, people, they often give you advice. So Will, like, um, popular advice I heard is listen to your heart. He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, can you do me a favor and listen to my heart? So then I, I took out the stethoscope, put it on his ears, and then, so then he puts it to my chest and he's listening. And I'm just like waiting with like bated breath. And I'm like, what are you hearing? And he's like, it's not good. And then, um, <laughs> and then he's like, I hear beat, beat, nothing, dead inside, and then beat, beat. But anyway, Will Ferrell is like, but he went along with it. So like in that moment, I was like, oh, this is awesome that he's like playing along and yeah. I one time, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a few others that I haven't referenced um, in a while. Like uh, Aaron Rodgers, like we, we created this Jeopardy game for, because he's been on Jeopardy, I think twice and um, RIP to Alex Trebek. Yeah. Um, so we, we, you know, we brought to Green Bay, like we had to FedEx this like, like Jeopardy board and we had to like Velcro all the, the, the the clues onto the board. And then like, again, I had like eight minutes to interview this dude. So like when the PR guys, okay, come on over, boom, run, set it up, boom. Cause these guys have like so many other commitments. Yeah. So you gotta mm -hmm. kind of have to get in and get out. If even on a talk show like Kimmel and Fallon and Corden, they have like A-listers show up, but they only, they're only on there for like eight minutes or sometimes mm -hmm. you'll get like two, two blocks with them. So you might have, 15 total minutes with Kevin Hart or 18 minutes with Will Smith. But for me, I'm not, I don't have the same clout as the tonight show or <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Yeah. So I get five, 10 minutes here. some maybe 15 minutes there. So it was, that was rewarding when the athlete played along. That was like, that felt great to me. Thank, Thank you for asking. Yeah. You're welcome. MJ. 
Hey, Kev, LeBron's down here. Oh, okay. I'm just going to plug in my light here. And then, uh, okay. LeBron's stand. Okay, you know what? I, I'm coming over to your camp. I'm getting closer and closer to your camp. Are you? That's good, man. Yeah. That's good. He's going he's gonna to call you a smart man now. <laughs> No, the broadcasting world, it's a, it's a tough business to get in. Yes. Is there any, like, advice that you would, like, for, like, young people trying to get into the broadcasting world that you can give out? Well, I love what you guys are doing, like, creating your own content, refining your voice. That's important because the Internet has, has democratized media. You have, you have, like, I mean, YouTube. I mean, we just saw Jake Paul knock out yeah. Nate Robinson. Yeah. Oh, boy. Jake Paul has a massive platform yeah. Yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Whereas if he came up in my era, you, there are so many hurdles in order to A, be like validated and be vetted. And then like, you have to get, you have to get someone else's approval, like a gatekeeper in order to be, to be elevated onto their platform. You can't just be like some kid off the street. I mean, Matt Babel did a great job of this kind of walking in off the street and he got a job as a VJ on Much Music, but Matt mm -hmm. Babel is extremely charming. Right. And he's very smart and he's a handsome dude and he can, and he knows about music. So whatever, but and, you know, he got his, got his job on Much Music. Um, so it's, it's easier now to make your own content, but it's harder to get people to consume it because there's yeah. so much more competition in the yeah. marketplace. Mm -hmm. But I love that there are so many yeah. young creators and I was a young creator as well. It was just in a different, a different time. But if I was starting now, I would 100% have a podcast. I would try to be, I would try to be a version of like Supreme dreams, like doing sketches with my little buddies, but Supreme dreams are amazing. A crew on Instagram, um, that's probably what I would do because those are my those are my sensibilities. Yeah. Um, and listen, right. it might only get eighty views, but I would be doing it for the love, with hopes of eventually having some bigger entity be like, "Hey, you want to come create some content with us?" And that would have, excuse me, that would be the dream. So I would encourage you Not to continue kidding. writing, continue creating your own content, and by what I mean by refining your voice, it's like finding your perspective. Are you going to be like? If you love a particular sport or if you want to be a sports generalist like Stephen A. Smith, have some opinions, have some fire, hot takes. You want to try to be an insider like Woj or Adam Schefter, start developing relationships with like people in the lower leagues so that when, yeah. you know, when they elevate from the G League to the NBA, you have a guy now. You have some information yeah. that you can mine. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a talking head on TV, if you want to you know, be the – the guy known for humor, I shouldn't say guy, the person known for humor or the person known for analytics or the person known for their commentary. Maybe you're a great writer like, like Bomani Jones, who is an exceptional writer and mm -hmm. an eloquent speaker and a highly intelligent person, him and Pablo Torre, uh, or Mina Kimes, it, it, all, at, all at ESPN. Um, so, like, so that's what I mean by like finding your yeah. voice. Or you could be like, yeah. my lane which I, I decided early on was going to be sports and pop culture. I want to ask athletes about the, the, the playlist that they have or the, or the taco spots that they love or the, their sneaker game. And I want to ask <clears throat> entertainers about a, a crushing loss that they had in high school that they couldn't get over on the volleyball team or the soccer team or the football team, or that time they got to hoop at Drake's mansion. Like I just hit up somebody in the OVO camp. I was like, yo, has Kevin Hart been to Drake's mansion yet to hoop? Like, I want to ask Kevin Hart about that the next time <laughs> I interview him. And the answer is no, not yet, but he's filming a movie in Toronto right now. So if he gets right, a day yeah. off, he probably won't because he's the star of the movie. He's got to work every day. <laughs> but if he gets a day off, Maybe he will, maybe we'll see some video on, you know, on OVO, like Johnny Rocks' Instagram or Preem's Instagram <laughs> yeah. or something of like those two guys having a, you know, a shooting contest. So that, that's where, that, those are my lanes, sports pop culture. And it's, it's a wide lane and there are not a lot, there aren't as many people in it. So uh, that's definitely right. a viable option for content.
Appreciate that. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. you got well, man. We always tell people that this whole concept of the chat room podcast was literally a group chat. We have our I NBA group chat, and then we said, why don't we kind of just expand it out to more people? Get them, get their takes. They can email, they can post on our Instagram, all that stuff. But I think we've managed to get to a point now where it's not just all about basketball, but about interviewing athletes that are on the upcoming. Like we've interviewed coaches, we've been, but we've kept it, we kept it Canadian bound because we want to show love to our Canadian athletes before even try to go outside of that first after right so let's keep it it with spread love across canada then we can spread love across everywhere else so yeah nice work man right and i the chat room format i mean even at bleacher report where i work now we have a show called the chat room and it is a basketball heavy show so like (laughs) you know either either great minds think alike or as mccallum says (laughs) fools seldom differ so uh we're we're either we, we both have the same idea and uh, I mean, our, our show is more betting focused, but the idea of a chat room is is so common because everybody can identify or, uh, or understand the idea of a chat room because people are either in chat rooms on WhatsApp, on Instagram, or both, or or I on iMessage. I'm an Android guy, so I'm not in the iMessage chat rooms. It's always WhatsApp. Come on, Samsung for life. Come on, come on. I'm with you still, Samsung. Can't get inside Drake's house with uh, Samsung. I hope you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get into Drake's house regardless. Like, I, I, and, and in Toronto, I live like it would take me about ninety-seven seconds to drive to his house. And listen, I don't live in his specific neighborhood. I live <laughs> in, in a townhouse close by, but I'm, I'm close yeah, to yeah, his crib. Yeah. I definitely don't have his kind. <laughs> but uh yeah so we've got to the point of the podcast where everyone gets the opportunity to promote their social medias okay. also gets a chance to promote anything that they might be working on so we'll start with you cabby because you're our guest thank you very much so I, I i work at bleacher report i work on the portfolio brand called bleacher report betting so I'm, i work in las vegas so betting is a is a huge growing industry uh, so we do uh, a show called Squad Ride on Sundays, and then when the NBA season resumes, our our chat group show will, um, I believe, it'll be on Tuesdays. So if you don't have the Bleacher Report app, download it. That's where our our videos appear. And on Instagram, uh, I'm at the real Cabby is my handle, and on Twitter, I'm just Cabby. So if you um, want to see some of my adventures, that's where you'll be able to find me. Absolutely. All right. Perfect. For sure. Uh, Dwayne. All right. Um, y'all could just follow me on Instagram, Chaz underscore Tenenbaum, T-E-N-E-N-B-A-U-M. Excellent. You know, right? You know, right? No, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that, but you know. Adidas tracksuits. Oh, my. Wow. That's a big movie. What a great, an yep. excellent comedy. Like Rushmore and <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums oh, are two are Wes Anderson's yeah, best. Yep. Wow, excellent! <laughs> crazy because yo, we get on Dwayne for his IG name all the time. This guy's really. You're the first person to actually like no, crazy for this. Like, we don't we don't get we don't get on him because of his IG name. It's when he throws in the Twitter at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it's always it's always just the IG name. We're like, okay, cool. Then all then one week he just randomly came and goes, yeah. And on Twitter, cash or intent. We're like, what? What the hell did you sign this up? All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my Twitter, cash or intent. C-A-S-S-H-E-R-N-10. Perfect. Uh, Jermaine. Yeah, you can reach me at my Instagram handle, M-A-I-R, Creed, uh, personal trainer. Dope, Excellent. dope, dope. Uh, MJ. Uh, 21.drip on Instagram, and you can also follow the clothing line at Drippy Supply. Dope. Dope. Coach. Uh, yeah, my IG is uh, real deal underscore Francis. And I ain't doing nothing but staying inside, man. It's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. 
so everyone knows the reason why I go last because I have the longest feel out of everyone. So um, follow my Instagram, my Twitter at the Senator. Uh, don't forget to check out the Not So Soft podcast with myself, Nino Rockwell, and Kino the Great. Comes out on Fridays. Also, don't forget to check out my Sunday night live Twitch stream with the SL Entertainment team out in Calgary. So that's twitch.tv slash SL underscore ENT. And I started my own personal one too. So I'm going to be doing a work mix every Tuesday and then something on Thursdays. I don't know exactly, but that's on my personal Twitch. So that's twitch.tv slash the Senator one. Don't forget to check out the Chatroom Podcast Instagram page at the.chatroompod. If you have any takes, if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions, or if you want to be a guest, make sure to email us at thechatroompod at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and share the Chatroom Podcast. I never remember to say that, but I remember to say it this time. So make sure to like, rate, subscribe, and share the Chatroom Podcast. And before we end off, we just want to say thank you once again. And you thank know, you, you know that much, there's a few people that we only can just address by one name. Like, you know, you have your shares, you have your Beyonce, you have, they're the one name people. But once you say Cabby, so everybody in Canada knows exactly who Cabby is. So, so I want to, you, we want to thank the legend of awkwardness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you very so much. much. And this has been the chat room podcast, your favorite ballers, favorite podcast, and we are out. Peace. Thanks.